It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. With the Carolina Panthers sitting at 1-7 and and Bryce Young taking a weekly beating, is it in his best interest if the Panthers sit him out for a couple of weeks? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian. Council, where on Wednesdays like today for the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or DM me to get a question in for next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So let's get into it. The weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers, and thank you. To all the people that have submitted questions, I have not done a great job at getting back to all the folks that have put in a question to me um, via my DMs on Twitter, because of course not all of them are going to be here on the show, but for those of you that have asked a question, uh, whether I didn't answer it last week because there was no mailbag, and a lot of them, of course, were like trade deadline specific, so once the trade deadline came and gone and Carolina Panthers didn't make any move, didn't really make a lot of sense uh, to try and have a mailbag episode last week, but there's been some questions you guys have asked that did not make it on this show, so I'm going to go back, look at my DMs and go back and answer some of those questions. So my apologies for all the folks out there. If I've not gotten back to you, stay patient. Please keep sending in questions. I will answer your question eventually. Uh, Just hopefully it will not take me uh, weeks to do it. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, Starting off with Gardner. We're up there in Hickory. He asked me, Frank said in the press conference that he hasn't considered benching Bryce Young to protect him. Does that make any sense? We invested heavily in Young, and I completely understand he needs to be out there to learn, but at some point, is safety a concern? He's taking a lot of hits and getting Corbett back. Has it improved the situation through the first two weeks? Yeah, that's, I think it's a reasonable question. Like for me, it's no. And I was asked about this when I won on um, WCNC with Nick Carboni, the sports director over there, which I do after every Panthers game on Sunday to talk about the game. And he asked me, hey, should they do that? I just felt right off the bat. I was like, no, don't do that. You gave up, of course, your first round pick next year. You gave up DJ Moore. You swapped first round picks this year. You gave up a second round pick. You got in a McCaffrey trade in a second rounder in 2025 because you believed that Bryce Young was the best guy of the quarterbacks that they evaluated. 
Frank Reich said he was the best guy. David Tepper, the owner, who we'll talk about later on on the show, he came out and said that Bryce Young, of the guys available, gave them the best opportunity not to win a Super Bowl, but to win Super Bowls. So when you give up that much and have that much invested in a player, you need to find out whether he has what it takes. Now, you do bring up a good point. If you invest that much into a player and you're seeing at 1-7, he's not protected. The weapons around him turned out to be water guns and actual artillery that would have helped him to win the games this season. Maybe you should sit him because it's not looking great. And the only time the offense has even looked competent was with Andy Dalton in week three in Seattle and that loss. And when I look back at it, Maybe there's a little something, too, that Andy Dalton, of course, is a more pro-ready player right now. Well, yeah, he's been playing for 12 seasons in the NFL. He's been to the playoffs, didn't have much success there. But I would expect that Andy Dalton would be able to be more equipped to handle that situation better than Bryce Young early in the career. But through seven starts, I just don't know when we're going to see that 300-yard passing game. Not to say that I'm giving up on Bryce Young. That's not possible. Uh, but I think that there is a reasonable conversation we had an argument to be made that oh maybe it would make sense to sit Bryce Young but now that you're into it he's played he came <coughs> excuse me came back after as I'm getting choked up talking about this y'all I came back after that ankle injury I just feel like the best thing for the Panthers is to continue to have Bryce Young out there and to continue to develop him but yes it is a legitimate concern about his health and safety and just really mentally him not being broken you watch him after all these games that they've lost man he looks like a broken dude and I'm not going to sit here and say that I went back and watched all his press conferences when he was at Alabama and really know how he handled those losses especially last year and when they lost the national championship to Georgia on that pick six I don't know I didn't watch it but I have just really watched week after week a man who just looks like he is at his wit's end. And I'm not saying he's close to being broken, but I am a little worried about Bryce Young's psyche right now. So maybe they should do it. But for me, the only thing that matters is his development. And the best way to develop Bryce Young is on the field. Even if he's taking shots, you got to hope that he can stay healthy. The Panthers can find some sort of rhythm that Bryce Young can start to look like the quarterback that I think a lot of us expected to see as that pro-ready guy later on here in the second half of the season. Uh, question uh, from Jake and also from John. Pretty similar questions. He said, Julian, uh, there have been there have obviously been a plethora of people and position groups to be disappointed with this year, but has the offensive line as a whole been the biggest disappointment of the season so far? I was with you during the offseason thinking we were dropping Bryce behind a above average line, but they have been bottom five in the NFL without question. And then John saying with the offensive line not looking any better this past week and pass coverage, is it time to look at jumbo sets and alternate ways to get Bryce more time? Yeah, I think the Panthers have I've tried to go max protect uh, a few times. They've had the running back in the backfield to be out there to help them. And we've seen in those situations, like go back to Minnesota, where Chuba Hubbard, he's growing the other way, where there's a free rusher on the other side. Like guys just got to do their jobs. Uh, and also, maybe you got to find a way to scheme, a way to protect Bryce. It's just not working so far. But yeah, I think the offensive line for me has to be the biggest disappointment. When you look across the board, I thought like the running back position would be better with Miles Sanders. I really thought he was going to be a 1,000-yard rusher this year. That's obviously not going to happen unless he just goes buck wild in the final nine games of the season, and he's not the number one guy. So it's hard to see that being the case. Wide receiver has not been a surprise at all. It's as bad as I thought it would be, um, maybe even a little bit worse, which is tough. And defensively, they had a lot of injuries. And 
you know, the unit's struggles have been primarily because they haven't had J.C. Horn. They don't have Shaq Thompson. They're going to miss Brian Burns on Thursday night. They've missed so many guys out there in the secondary and along that defense. So, yeah, that's not a surprise. But really, offensive line, that was the unit that I thought was going to be the steadying force that when you brought in a rookie quarterback, whether it was going to be Bryce or C.J. or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, that you felt like coming into the season, they had a veteran group in front of them. With Iki Iquanu, who looked great last year after early struggles, and then you have Brady Christensen coming back at left guard. You signed Bradley Bozeman, who I thought was the most important free agent signing for the Carolina Panthers. Make sure he came back to be in the middle to anchor that offensive line. Corbett would come back eventually. So you knew that there was going to be a level of drop off this season just based off of him not being in there. And then when he comes back, just getting back in the game shape and maybe even if he is going to play at the guy he was last year, it was hard to ever expect that. But then Taylor Moten's on that offensive line. Like, there really should not have been this significant of a drop-off. Now, losing Corbett for not having for the first six games, like, that was something that you were planning on. But Brady Christensen being out for the rest of the season, you weren't planning on that being the case. Iki Iquanu having this level of regression, you did not expect that to be, be the case. And I also don't think that the Carolina Panthers would have kept James Campen on the staff if they weren't impressed by what he did last year and also didn't have the idea that he was going to continue to build this unit and that this unit would be a strength and be able to protect Bryce Young. So absolutely, the offensive line has been, to me, when you look at position groups on the roster, the biggest disappointment for the Carolina Panthers. You had a rookie quarterback who you felt like would be protected and since the preseason. And there are people who were sounding the alarms early then. And I just felt like, let's be patient. Let's wait and see what happened because we saw... We'll see what happens. We saw last year how this was the unit that really was able to pick it up last year in the second half of the season, really the last 12 weeks of the season when they became a downhill rushing attack and how it was a strength and you brought all those guys back minus court for a couple of weeks. I just felt like that was going to be a unit with a big sample size from a year ago that would be relied upon. But that has not been the case. So absolutely, Jake and John, I am with y'all that this has been the most disappointing position group and in part why someone like Gardner and many people out there are asking, is it time to sit Bryce just to protect him so that he's not broken physically and mentally and ready to go next season, hopefully behind a unit that's going to be much improved. But then I will ask, how many changes are realistically going to happen when you look at these guys all being under contract heading into 2024? All right, take a quick pause here, then we'll come back and we'll talk about the GM situation, David Tepper, and a few more of your questions here on this weekly Wednesday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's get back into it. The weekly Wednesday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council and either at me or DM me to get those questions into me for next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag here on the show. And this next person uh, did not get their name. Be sure to always leave what your real name is. Uh, some of y'all have just some funky names on uh, Twitter. I don't even know why. I don't know why you don't just have your normal name up there, but that's fine. It's uh, It doesn't matter. Uh, just But let me know when you send in a question what your name is. Uh, but this one comes from no name uh in your opinion what's the ideal situation over the next three years if you're general manager how do you end the year positive and start the year better without digging money uh digging money a pit you can't climb out of yeah so obviously the carolina panthers have made a plethora of mistakes over the last couple of seasons i look at the matt rule years and i see three wasted seasons you look at it right now and honestly, going into the last season, the Carolina Panthers in year three of rule should have been set up to compete. They should have had that quarterback that you believed in to be able to take over the NFC South. Now, fortunate for the Panthers, the Falcons look like they're giving up on Desmond Ritter already. Uh, the Buccaneers of Baker Mayfield will see what they want to do with that long term. But I don't know if that's going to be a long term thing. We've seen with Baker here and in Cleveland that neither one of those teams wanted to keep Baker for a long time. Uh, you look at New Orleans, David uh, Derek Carr, it's been okay, but even when they signed him, you knew it was never going to be a long-term proposition. So the Carolina Panthers still have an opportunity with Bryce Young to eventually take over the NFC South. The problem is they have so many other th- things around Bryce Young that they got to fix. And it's interesting too, because you look at Scott Fitterer, and just the roster construction. And we were talking about the offensive line on the last segment and how they've been the most disappointing unit so far uh, through the first eight games of the season here in 2023. Scott Fitter talked about, first, we fixed the defense, where you saw them go out there. They got J.C. Horn, who who rarely plays. and went out there, got guys like Frankie Louvu, who's been a big contributor. Of course, Burns is staying here, and they've invested him as far as a fifth-year option. You got Derek Brown, who's been here. I wasn't drafted. Neither one of those guys were drafted by Scott Fitter. Um, Matt Rule, yes, with Derek Brown, but still, those are guys are pre-fitterer guys that are here, and Jeremy Chin, someone who looks like they don't want to even have around, but they brought in Xavier Woods, been a good player for them. You know, we haven't seen really a ton of Von Bell now. He's missed three straight weeks, uh, but they brought him in thinking that he was going to be a difference maker, and they kept Shaq, so defensively, it's been a little bit of guys that are already here. Then they brought in some guys to fix, kind of fill in the holes, kept guys. So defensively, they want to really focus on that. Because you look at, after 2019, a defense that could not stop the run. You saw guys like Mario Addison leave. You saw Bruce Irvin, who was only here for a year, leave. Um, of course, Luke Keekley retired. Colin Jones, special teams ace, backup safety, he was gone. You saw a lot of guys on the defense leave. So what they needed to do was go out there and really rebuild that unit. So they've gone out there and they've done that. The problem is a lot of those guys haven't stayed healthy. So once they did that, it was kind of interesting what they tried to do next, which was to go get a quarterback, even though the offensive line wasn't great. You had skill position players, and they just kind of went about it the complete 
ass backward way where they were just trading assets for quarterbacks that already shown that they weren't very good anyways. The Panthers thought this could be a reclamation project. And now they've gone out there and they've actually gotten the quarterback the traditional way, even though they had to give up a lot of assets to do it. They drafted someone in the first round. And the second thing that they've tried to do the last couple off seasons was fix the offensive line, which we've seen so far this season. That has not been the case. No injuries played a role uh, into that, but also you've seen guys regress and that is a problem for the Carolina Panthers. So for me, like when I'm looking at it as general manager, like this off season, I am going out. I am finding guys around Bryce Young who can make plays. I'm looking for speed I'm looking for, obviously, talent, physicality. Like, that's what the Carolina Panthers need at multiple positions on the offense. Like, receiver, I look at a guy like Tank Dell that we saw uh, from the Texans last weekend. Go find someone like that. I don't even know if he's going to be a big-time playmaker, but can you find someone who's small, fast, twitchy like that that can help out Bryce Young and be someone who can help you out in special teams? It's nice in a way to have a Miss Smith-Marset who we're going to talk about momentarily, but he doesn't produce bright anything on offense tank Dell can give you that we've seen early in his career Tyreek Hill did that in Kansas City like that go get those kind of players that can help you in all areas and be able to find some offense alignment I, I don't really know if they're going to add anything but be able to get these guys back to being productive and at running back find someone who can give you that burst who can be good in pass protection and Tight end, if you can actually find someone who can come in and be that pass-catching tight end. Like, I'm going out there, and I'm finding offensive skill position players. And then you look defensively, you're going to need more guys on the defensive line because there's not a ton of depth there. We've seen LeBron Ray get a lot of snaps recently um, as he's been, you know, kind of splitting time there with Deshaun Williams. But at linebacker, we'll see if Shaq comes back. Frankie Luba is going to be a free agent. You need more corners. Like, they just got to start hitting on the draft. And that's the thing. They need young cheap, talented players. That has hurt the Carolina Panthers. They've had guys like that, like Brian Burns, like uh, Jeremy Chin, like Derek Brown. They've had those young, cheap, talented players. Uh, they just haven't had enough of them, especially when you look at the later rounds because the guys I just mentioned, first-round pick, first-round pick, second-round pick. They need more of those fourth, fifth-round picks who aren't making a lot of money that aren't going to kill you when it comes to salary cap, who you can have cost-controlled for four years, who can provide you something and can step in and be starters early on. Like, that's really what the Carolina Panthers need to do. And they need to do a better job scouting so that that is the way. And it's in a way, it's nice to go out there and continue to try to bring in veterans to fill the holes. We talk about comp picks. They're not getting any of those. You see a player leave, they don't get a comp pick because they're spending so much of their free agency effort by signing free agents. The best way to win in the NFL is to build through the draft then to fill some holes with, the, with free agency. But they're going out here and they're trying to fill the running back hole with free agent, tight end hole with free agent, the entire wide receiver room with free agents. You look at in the secondary with free agents the last two years, it's just free agent after free agent. That, that's all they're doing because they're missing so often in the draft. So for me, to dig out of this hole, they got to draft well. They have to draft so much better, have young, cheap talent, keep them around for a couple years, and then figure out which ones to keep. Like, that's the way... That's the path forward for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, now for uh, now from Josh, he said, what do you think? Is there any chance Tepper steps up and admits he's made some mistakes, maybe even apologizes to the fans and city for the mess he's made? Or will he keep doing this thing, make poor decisions, and telling us it's going to bring Super Bowls? Well, he's always said, not always, since he got rid of Ron Rivera, he talked about he wants to bring 
you know, winner to Carolina, sustained success. And he talked about short-term suffering for, you know, the long-term gains. And we have certainly uh, gone through the short-term suffering. The problem with the short-term suffering, there hasn't really been much of a plan. Now, I do see what they try to do this offseason. And I do think that there's a way to rectify potentially this offseason coming up. Uh but for the most part, they were pretty rudderless in what they were trying to do with Matt Rule. Okay, they want to be re- they want to rebuild the defense. I see the young pieces. They want to rebuild the offense line. They were able to do that. But you also question like why um, before were you signing Cam Irving and Pat Elfline, who were two of the worst rated offensive linemen according to Pro Football Focus in free agency? Like those are your first two moves. Like why are you doing stuff like that? And in chasing after quarterbacks, there really just has not been much rhyme or reason to a lot of things the Panthers are doing. And it's like, okay, we're trying to compete, but that's what we're trying to rebuild. And, oh, we're 3-0. and We got to go all in. Let's give up assets here and there. And they just don't see the value draft picks. It's just been weird when looking at it. And David Tepper, of course, being the owner here, is responsible for a lot of it because these are the people he brought in. These are the decisions that he signs off on. And he, of course, is an active participant in the current failure of this organization since he's taken over as the owner. Now, the first couple of years, were they really on him? 18, 19? No. But once he hired Rule in 2020, it's been way worse than it was when he first got here, when Cam was still here and Ron Rivera was still here and people were trying to sell themselves into Kyle Allen being the franchise. Um, but yeah, I, I, David Tepper has come out, and you know I'm a harsh David Tepper critic. Um, he came out like think around draft time and talk about there's a lot of things I didn't know that I've now learned over the last couple of years and he had far more people involved in the head coaching search this year far more people involved when it came to the draft and going out there and evaluating these quarterbacks I appreciated a lot that he did this offseason that he was willing to open up the checkbook that he was willing to have uh, a better process because he talked about I didn't have a great process the first time around when hiring a head coach and the unfortunate thing is that coach he has right now, not to say that Frank Reich won't be successful in Carolina, but right now he has not been successful. And it's hard not to wonder uh, what things would look like had you given Steve Wilkes the head coaching job or had you given an opportunity uh, to Shane Steichen or to D'Amico Ryans. What would it look like here in Carolina had those things happen? So David Tepper has shown a level of contrition. Um, he has done that before. He's been modest in a way at times like he has owned up to his mistakes the problem is he keeps making these mistakes and apologies don't win football games he can apologize all he wants but we have seen time and time again David Tepper make mistake after mistake and for whatever reason up to this point he just has not learned from it it sucks to see and it's just the second time that a majority like that a minority owner from the Pittsburgh Steelers has gone to a franchise bought it and has done a terrible job the Haslam's up there in Cleveland and now David Tepper here in Carolina the Haslam's ain't figured it out yet hopefully David Tepper is not going to sit here for 10-15 years and not have it figured out here in Carolina so we'll see but I do think that uh he will be willing to admit to his mistakes he's done it in the past I think he'll do it in the future if the time does uh, call for that all right taking one more quick pause here on the show and then come back and answer the rest of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. Uh, but before we get there, whenever the game clock stops, that's the time to order in with DoorDash. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. And for me, 
I'm always here on game day watching the game at home and don't have a lot of time to run out. So I need DoorDash, maybe get something from Hawthorne Pizza. Always been a big fan of Yafo, not too far from me in Plaza Midwood. Those are some of my favorites you can check out over there on DoorDash. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more when you order for the first time um, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, a couple more questions here before we get out on this weekly Wednesday mailbag edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get your questions into me for next week's edition of the show and send those in uh, following the game on Thursday night. Of course, we'll have um, be live at some point, probably like midnight. Uh, I got to do Bleach Report after the game, so I'll be on probably about an hour after the game. Uh, on YouTube, so about midnight, Friday morning, we'll be doing the show, and then once we get kind of past the game, maybe start on Saturday, Sunday, start sending some questions that you have uh, for me next week, but I'm going over to Chris, and I had alluded to this earlier, Chris says, it's no secret that the Panthers wide receivers have been struggling all season, yes, that is very true, Uh, before the regular season started, we picked up Amir Smith-Marset, and he was balling out in the preseason for the Chiefs, from what I remember, why do you think we have not seen him as a wide receiver so far, surely he would be an upgrade over what we are currently trotting out or is it just wishful thinking I think it's just wishful thinking Chris let's be honest here the Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes who's the best quarterback in the NFL if the Kansas City Chiefs felt like Amir Smith-Marset would help out Patrick Mahomes they would have not let him go they wouldn't have done that now I'm pretty sure the Panthers traded for Smith-Marset is that correct because I'm it's, there's so many transactions that have happened this season. I'm pretty sure they traded for him. But this is another example of how preseason stats don't necessarily um, point to regular season success. I had heard up in Cleveland, don't watch Brown preseason games, that Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, formerly of UCLA, uh, Big Ten's UCLA, that he had a great preseason. Then when he was called upon, he was terrible. Now P.J. Walker uh, stepped in to be the backup while Deshaun Watson uh, was out there in Cleveland. Like Just because you have a good preseason does not mean that you're going to have a great regular season. Just because you have a bad preseason does not mean you're going to have a, a bad regular season. But in this instance... I just don't think that there really should have been high expectations. I don't think there really were high expectations. And then when you see him return, it's not like he's had that many great returns. I just look at it. I'm just kind of like, okay, just catch the ball. Just fair catch and get off the field. Like, that's the way I look at punt returners nowadays, just knowing how good these punters are, the rule changes, special teams and all that. Um, And it was interesting because someone brought this to my attention um, on Tuesday that uh, Amir Smith-Marset tweeted out, proving yourself just to get overlooked is crazy Then he has the 100 uh, emoji. So maybe he's frustrated by not getting an opportunity. Uh, I guess why not try it? I'm not out of practice. I don't know how he's performing. 
Um, but it's been very clear that the guys that they trust at wide receiver are Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, and DJ Chark. And they have not changed that at all, even though DJ Chark has, of course, not provided what I think a lot of people hoped. Adam Thielen has been as expected, if not better, and Jonathan Mingo, he's learning. Um, so those are the three guys they really wanted to lean on this year, and they looked at Smith-Marset as returner. And clearly, that's the way they still value him. There's still nine weeks left in the season. Maybe he gets an opportunity, but we'll see if there's anything to that tweet. Uh, but I do think for right now it's probably more wishful thinking than he's going to come in and actually be an impact player. If he is, then I was wrong, and that's great. But we'll see. Uh, now over to Jake. I got a couple of questions about scheme to uh, end things here, and I'm always going to admit I am not the big scheme nerd out there. There are plenty of people who can go listen to that. I like talking about narratives, like talking about the team, educate myself as best I can on this, but um, I'm just being honest here with y'all. Uh, but Jake asking, Julian, how are the Panthers still unable to scheme players open? After watching the Colts game, never once did Minshew have to make a difficult throw or need to force one. I know our receiving core is trash, but the Colts without downs for the majority of the game were still able to get wide open against the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I thought he made a, de- a couple of decent plays. Like, I thought Isaiah McKenzie had a really good catch over the middle. They just kind of snagged. Uh, right as uh, Deion Jones is coming over to potentially maybe knock the ball away or even pick it off. And then Michael Pittman, pretty physical receiver. He's like 6'3", 6'4". He's a good player. Uh, is there a guy who's better than Michael Pittman on his roster? Probably not. Like, I think that's some of the things that help, that they just have guys who are just better. It's, I just think it's that simple, that they have better skill position talent than the Panthers do. Uh, Minshew's also a guy who's been around longer. The offensive line, I thought, for the most part, protected him pretty well. Uh, he hasn't faced the kind of pressure he faced the last couple weeks, so that led to nine uh, turnovers. And they probably came into the game being like, hey, dude, don't try to do too much. You're killing us the last three weeks. We're 0-3 the last three weeks. Just take care of the football. Make things easy on you. And that's really what it felt like. Uh, and, you know, you would think that Shane Steichen would probably be running similar concepts to Frank Reich, considering that. He worked with Frank Reich. So, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I just think that it's just a receiver talent's not great. And you can talk about scheming guys open, but if they can't actually run the routes and get to that position to be open, then uh, I don't know, man. I don't know, y'all. I just think these guys got to be better. We talk about it all the time. Scheme, you Just do your job. You got to scheme them open. Do your job. Get open on your own. You have to be able to do that at some point in time. Uh, and the Colts got a decent secondary. I mean, we saw Kenny Moore, two pick sixes. Guy's been a pro bowler. They got some decent players out there in that secondary. Um, Edison, final question, saying, I feel as if Hayden Hurst is not even on the team and he is not getting the same opportunity that Tommy Trimble is getting. Is it some kind of offensive scheme fit? What is going on with Hayden Hurst being a factor on our team? And this was something that was brought up by Mike K when we talked to him last, right before the trade deadline, and I think about a week ago. That Hayden Hurst, he's bounced around the league. Uh, the Panthers play a lot of 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end. And with that, you're going to want that tight end to be someone who can be really good with you when it comes to run blocking, pass blocking, of course, pass catching. And I guess they run into the situation where Tommy Trimble is a better run blocker, that he's been helping out us all in like pass protection, that they just trust Tommy Trimble more. He's just outperformed Hayden Hurst. That's just the way it's been. And Frank Reich has said last week when asked about Hayden Hurst and even Miles Sanders that, hey, Tommy Trimble's playing well. Like This is a meritocracy. He's playing good football. And if Tommy Trimble's playing better than Hayden Hurst, I don't think it's a scheme fit. Like If you're getting outworked by the dude in your position group behind you, then that's on you, man. So Hayden Hurst, it was good to see him get a long pass play uh, on, on Sunday. He came out in the next play, like looked pretty fired up because he had a good, uh, good run block. But 
I think it's really on him more than the scheme. Because this is a scheme that we thought was going to really utilize the tight end and feature it, and that has not really been the case aside from week one when Hayden Hurst was the guy. Uh, but it feels like Tommy Trimble has just outperformed him lately. But I do question why he did not get more opportunities after having that performance against Atlanta in week one. That is, I believe, a reasonable question to ask. Uh, but according to coaching staff, and even some people's eyes, uh, he's just getting outplayed. And that's on him, not the scheme. All right, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe and watch the show over or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Wednesday of next week, I'll be back again to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe. Be happy, be whole, as always, keep pounding, and I will talk to y'all on Thursday as we have a Crossword Thursday edition with Lauren Cox of the Locked On Bears podcast. Talk to you then. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.